that song every week, that might be good. Continue to remind us over and over again what we're here for. We're here for God's glory. Today we're going to be talking again about our mission statement, and I think it goes uh, really well with what we were just singing, our purpose, our mission. And so uh, when you hear the word mission, what do you think about? The mission in. That is genius. That was Gary Asphalt, right? I just wanted you credit for that answer, Gary. Either, when you hear the word mission, you think of a purpose, okay? Other thoughts? Mission impossible, which didn't make a lot of sense because they always accomplished their mission, so it was mission highly improbable would be the, the better name for that. You know, yesterday, my family and I went on a mission. We brought Michael's friend Ashley to, don't want to leave her out. We went on a mission, and the mission was called The Amazing Race, Downtown Los Angeles. And one of the things you find out when you're on a mission with other people is you're only as strong as your weakest link. And so when you go on a mission, you don't want to bring an old guy with a bad foot. So we were doing we were doing okay. There were some teams ahead of us. We got to this 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 thing. So you go to these different spots, and then you get clues. You have to figure out puzzles how to get to the next spot. And so this is this will just why we came in eighth out of ten teams. We'll I'll share that with you right right now. So we get to the spot, and there are other teams have come and gone. Okay, because they were faster than us. But then there are two teams sitting there at this spot trying to figure out the puzzle. Michael looks at the puzzle and goes, oh, well, that's easy. Figures out the puzzle, and we leave before those other two teams that were there before us, right? And we go, and we're off to the next location. But as we're walking, because of the weakest link, that's me, uh, these teams run past us. So, so we're okay figuring out the puzzles. We have that part of the mission down. It was uh, the weakest link, and that was me, and I feel bad. And I apologize to my family for being in uh, eighth place. But they gave us a hand. And, and, you know, the first place team, you know what they got? They got a little medal, a, plastic, a solid gold-colored plastic medal. So we didn't, we didn't miss out much uh, there. But as we think about this idea of, of mission, now the, there's a little difference here. In our mission, it's the weakest link. Now, when we're in, on mission with the Lord, there's something different that happens, isn't there? I mean... It would be sort of like if Michael, who was sort of our fastest on our team, if he would have carried me in mission, you know, which he kind of wasn't willing to do, you know. Uh, but that's kind of what God does with us in mission. We'll talk about that as we go along, as we talk about our mission statement, and specifically as we talk about the part that deals with the renewed life. So let me just read our mission statement to us again, the full thing. Like we talked about, the, the short version is equipping world changers. The longer, more explanatory version, it's in your notes, if you want to look at your notes, and it should be up here. Good. The mission of Bridges Christian Fellowship is to glorify God by renewing lives through the power of the Holy Spirit and equipping people to bring Christ-centered change to the world. Okay. Last week, we talked about that last part of the mission statement, bringing Christ-centered change to the world. We talked about what it means to change your world, to change the world you live in, and to be involved as maybe talking to Stephen Cathy, how can I be involved in changing 
the world to the ends of the earth. We talked about being salt and light where we are. Next week, I'm going to address the, the middle part of the mission statement, the, the equipping people, the idea of what it means to, to be equipped for mission. This week, I want to focus on the first part of the mission statement. Glorifying God by renewing lives through the power of the Holy Spirit. Renewing lives is really what we want to focus on. Renewing lives through the power of the Spirit, Holy Spirit. Now, let me begin by defining what we mean by renewal. In Scripture, the word renewal is used in, in a number of places, some of which we'll, we'll touch on today. It refers to, to restoration, to repair, to change, to to transformation, any, we could have used any number of those words in our mission statement. We chose renewal. The main meaning, especially in the New Testament, of this word renewal includes the idea of, of making new, making something new. So in our mission statement, when we say renewing lives through the power of the Holy Spirit, we're talking about the change and transformation, the new life, that comes through the power of the Holy Spirit working in your life. And we need to be clear about something. I think Chad helped us with that as well. That this change, this renewal in our lives, comes through God alone. God alone brings renewal. David understood this when he prayed in Psalm 51, 10, after his, his very famous or infamous fall fall from grace. He prayed in Psalm 51, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. So the question is, for us, it's definitely a work of God, this renewing lives. Why include renewal in our mission statement? If renewal is God's mission, then why have, it, have we placed it as a key part of our mission statement? And the answer is because of of what theologians call this, this word, maybe you've heard of it, theologians use this word called means, the means. What the means means is that yes, renewal is God's work, but God has chosen by his grace and mercy and infinite wisdom to use his church as a means for renewal in people's lives. God's chosen us. So with that understanding, as we go forward, that it's God alone who does the renewing, but God has chosen to work through us, through his church, to see that renewal take place, we can move forward and talk about renewing lives. This morning, we're going to look at, this morning, as we look at the renewed lives, I just, I have three goals for us, okay? First, that we recognize and rejoice in the renewal that we've received from the Lord. This is really important. Can you do that? Do I do that? Do we think about on a daily basis, man, what a joy. God has renewed my life. Do we rejoice in that? And so as we talk about re renewed life, I want you to reflect on yourself and the work that God hopefully is, has done and is doing to renew your life and rejoice in that. Second, we want to understand that renewal is an ongoing process. We'll talk about salvation and what happens then but renewal continues and we want to understand that that we're continually to be renewed in Christ and third we want to see and do we want to see and understand our mission as part of renewing lives 
how do we fit in? God's the renewer, so how do we fit into that? And coincidentally, I have, have three points this morning that hopefully will help accomplish these goals. So the first point, renewed at, is renewed at salvation. Renewed at salvation. We're renewed at salvation. When we come to Christ, he brings renewal. Listen to how Jesus describes salvation to Nicodemus in this familiar verse, John chapter 3, verse 3. He says, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. You cannot enter into the kingdom of God, into heaven, into the Lord's presence. You cannot go to that place that he's preparing for us. You can't be saved unless you're born again. Some translations say born anew, renewed. Salvation involves new birth. When we give our lives to Jesus Christ, when we trust in his finished work accomplished on the cross for the forgiveness of our sins, God does a work in our lives. It's a real work. It's a supernatural work. God enters in and he works. He renews, he recreates, he changes who you are. You're born again. Can't think of any other way, better way to describe it than Jesus said, you're born again. Listen to how the Apostle Paul describes this amazing process of being born again. 2 Corinthians 5.17 Therefore, if anyone is in Christ... If anyone is in Christ, if anyone is a follower of Jesus, if anyone has given themselves to Christ, if, if he's chosen you from the foundations of the world, then he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. The new has come. Renewal has come. Those who are in Christ Jesus have been recreated. They've experienced renewal. They, we, hopefully, have experienced this renewal at the hands of the living God. God has renewed us. The old has passed away, and yes, the new has come. Listen to how Paul described that coming of the new life in the letter to Titus. Chapter 3, verse 4. But when the goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared, he saved us. Not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy. We're saved because of, of his goodness, because of his loving kindness, not because of anything we've done, not because of our works of righteousness. We don't have any because of his great mercy. Now listen to how Paul describes what takes place when he does this. He saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit, by the washing of regeneration. At salvation, we're washed clean. Our sins are forgiven. The word regeneration is similar to what we've been talking about, that new birth, that recreation, regenerating us. It means new birth. The Spirit of God brings about an amazing renewal or transformation. At salvation, we're given this, the gift of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit then indwells us and renews us. The Holy Spirit does that work of renewal in our lives. So I hope it's clear that at salvation, when you give your life to Jesus Christ, we're renewed, we're recreated, we're transformed, we're changed through the power of the Holy Spirit. And we can and should on a daily basis reflect on that. Thank God for that. Rejoice in that. Through nothing 
know-how, no-way, anything we could have done on our own. God reached down and chose us and recreated us. Renewal from the hands of God. Renewal through the power of the Holy Spirit. So if it's salvation, God is the one who does the renewing, what's our part? Why is it part of our mission statement? Why is renewing lives through the power of the Holy Spirit part of our mission? I think to, an, uh, to answer that question, and we'll talk, we'll build on this, but the first answer I want to give is found in the same passage we just read a minute ago, 2 Corinthians 5.17. Looking at that and what follows. 2 Corinthians 5.17 again, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Renewal has taken place. And this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself. Again, it's through God. Christ reconciled us to herself. We covered this. Salvation means new creation, new life. New has come. And at the beginning of verse 18, Paul makes it clear that new creation, that reconciliation, are from God alone. Through Jesus Christ, God renews, reconciles, and recreates us. But listen to what Paul says next. At the end of verse 18, heading on to verse 20. He just said, all this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us, the church, the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. In Christ, God is reconciling the world to himself. It's his work. It's not our work. But within his work, we have been given a mission. We're part of his work. He uses us in his work, in his work of renewing lives. We're Instruments, we're messengers, Paul says. We're ambassadors. We speak for Christ. We represent Christ with our words and with our life. So how do we do that? How do we deliver that message? I think we, one of the main ways is the whole thing we talked about last week. By being that salt and light in our world. By being these world changers. By, by, by sharing by doing those good works that God has prepared for us from the foundation of the earth, by sharing his word, we do that. We're as ambassadors. We get to be part of his ministry of renewing and reconciling the world to himself. We don't bring renewal. We don't bring change. We bring the message of renewal, the message of reconciliation. Be reconciled with God, and God will renew your life. That's our message. He will make you a new creation. The old will be gone. Sins will be forgiven. New will come. All things will be new. That's our message. That's our part in salvation, delivering that message. That's our mission. By the power of the Holy Spirit that's at work within us, we're called to bring the message of reconciliation to a lost world. And we don't even get credit, sorry, for taking the message, for being the ambassadors. Even our part can only be accomplished through the power of the Holy Spirit 
working in us. Really, it's all about God. Just as God, the Holy Spirit, is the one who renews lives, He's the one working in and through us to carry the message of reconciliation to a lost world. The Holy Spirit, if we get out of the way and get on our knees and ask Him, the Holy Spirit will empower us to be those messengers, those ambassadors to the world. He'll be there. When we don't know what to say, he'll speak through us. He'll use us. He'll use us as instruments of reconciliation and renewal in the world around us. And those who accept this message, this message of reconciliation, they'll be saved. They'll have their lives renewed. They'll be empowered by the Holy Spirit, and the process will go on. They'll get to be engaged in the renewal of lives as a messenger as well. So renewal through the power of the Holy Spirit takes place at salvation. And we're the messengers of God's salvation. But renewal doesn't end there. Renewal is worked out throughout the life of the believer. At salvation, we're renewed. But renewal is also a process that takes place over the rest of our life. And that's our our second point for this morning. Renewed through sanctification. Renewed through sanctification. To be sanctified is is to be set apart. That's just the definition of the word. To To be set apart. For the Christian, that means we're set apart unto God. We're set apart for God. We're set away from the world and unto God. We are not of this world. We belong to God. So sanctification is the process of being set apart from the world unto God. This, again, is an ongoing process of renewal of our lives. It takes place in our life. Listen to how Paul talks about it in Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God. Again, underline in your, the mercies of God. If there were no mercies of God, we wouldn't be talking. To present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that you may, may by testing, excuse, excuse me, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Paul's addressing the church in Rome. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, fellow believers, brothers, believers, those who've been renewed at salvation. Listen up, he says. We must continually present ourselves to God. We're living sacrifices. We're bought with a price. The blood of Christ is paid for us, and we're no longer our own. Give yourself as a living sacrifice. Jesus died for your sins, and those who trust in him, those who were renewed at salvation, and because of that initial renewal experience, because we're in Christ, Because we experienced renewal, we were born again. Therefore, now we're holy and acceptable to God. Again, nothing you did, nothing I did. Because of Christ, we're now holy and acceptable to God. And now we can present ourselves as those living sacrifices. If we weren't holy and acceptable to God, there's no way to even go to Him. We wouldn't be able to go to Him. But now, because of Christ... We can present ourselves to God. 
by the mercies of God, we can present ourselves to God. We now have the opportunity to be in his presence and to experience this continual renewal, a continual transformation. No longer we now have the power through the Holy Spirit to no longer conform to the world. We don't have, without Christ, we have, we have no, no power whatsoever. We will conform to the world one way or another. It may look good to some how we're conforming. Some ways of conforming are acceptable, but we're going to be conforming. But now, in Christ, we don't have to conform to the world. No longer living as those in the world. No longer seeking the things of the world, fame and fortune and everything that goes with it, as Queen says, comfort, etc. No longer imitating those in the world. But instead, we're transformed. What an awesome word, transformed. It's the Greek metamorpho. We know it in our English. Metamorphosis is where it comes from. Describing that process that caterpillars metamorphosis into the the new life of of a butterfly. Not just a minor change, but a recreation, a renewal. A renewal that took place at salvation and continues on through sanctification. And in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, Paul focuses on an essential means. Again, we got this, this word means, the way. I mean, God is doing it, but he uses something to do it. The means of transformation is the renewal of the mind. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. The renewal of your mind. So, if you long, if you desire to be free from conformity to the world, if you long to be transformed from the inside out, to experience that new creation, to, you long to, to experience that joy that comes from relationship with the Lord. If you long to freely offer yourself as a living sacrifice on a daily basis, giving yourself to Him, then give yourself with all your might to the pursuit of renewing your mind. Because the Bible says this is the key to transformation. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. I think, And we'll talk about what that means in a minute. But I think one of the reasons we don't renew our minds is we don't think they need to be renewed. But God's word makes it clear. Our minds are in need. They're in need of help. Our minds are not what they should be. The way we think is not what it ought to be. And I'm not just talking about our inability to remember stuff when we get old. I got that problem. It's, it's growing. Our minds have a fundamental problem. It's true for the young and the old. A problem that can't be cured by greater memory capacity. The problem with our minds is not that we're finite and don't have all the information. The problem with our minds is we're fallen. Our minds have been corrupted by sin. And that greatest corruption, I mean, there are lots of areas of corruption, but we're going to focus on, I think, the greatest area of corruption is how we view God, just what we think about God. Romans 8, 7 says, Paul says, 
For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God. For it does not submit to God's law, indeed it cannot. Paul also says in Romans 1.28, Since they did not see fit to acknowledge God, God gave them over to a debased mind. This is who we are in our fallen nature. This is who we are without renewal of the mind. Our minds are hostile to God and his purposes. We don't want to acknowledge God for who he is. God is the righteous, sovereign Lord and creator of the universe. And our mind twists him into something else, something more manageable, something tame. Why? Because our minds are, have been warped. Our minds are warped to be set on the things of the, the flesh, the things of this world. That's why part of the process is not conforming to this world. That's where our minds are set. We, by nature, view the things of this world as more important as the things of the Spirit, the things of God. And even when we're renewed at salvation, the effects of the flesh, I don't get this, I think I understand why, I'm not sure, but those effects of the flesh, they linger on, they continue on, it's, it's this battle. And you, we know it's true, we know it's true about ourselves, just one little thing, because of how little time we spend getting to know, fellowshipping with this God we're talking about. How much effort it takes for us to crack open his word, to go to our knees. If he is who he says he is, if he is who the Bible says he is, then what are we doing spending our time on anything else but knowing him and doing his will? I'm, I'm speaking to myself here, too. I'm not claiming that that's all I do with my time. The Bible says we've exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man. Our view of God is warped enough that we can put him aside and worship ourselves. That's what's wrong with our mind. Bummer. But there's hope. Yes, we can present our bodies as living sacrifices. Yes, we can escape conformity to the world. Yes, we can be transformed into people who seek to know and do the will of God. Be transformed in the renewing of your mind. Our hope is found in, in the renewal of the mind. So how do we obey this command? How do we renew our minds? First, again, and importantly, we acknowledge that this renewal is primarily a work of the Holy Spirit. In 2 Corinthians 3.18, Paul says this. Listen or read or look carefully at this. And we all, this is the church, with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, underline that, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. The same image being the image of Christ. For this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. We're being transformed from one degree of glory to another. This is the process of sanctification. It's done by who? Paul says, the Lord, who is the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, God the Spirit. Now let me ask you this. According to this, 
What does the Spirit do in order to transform us into the image of the Lord, into His glorious image? What is He doing here in this verse? Any thoughts? I told you to underline that, didn't I? He allows us to behold the glory of the Lord. Thanks, Patty. We with unveiled faces behold the glory of the Lord are being transformed. In, in, in just a few verses before that, in verse 16, Paul said this, but when one turns to the Lord, the veil is removed. When you turn to the Lord at salvation, this veil is removed. This this veil that was between you and the Lord because of your sin is removed because of Jesus' perfectness. At salvation, the veil is removed. Now, we have the opportunity, like never before, to behold his glory. And this is how the mind is renewed. This is how we're transformed, by beholding the glory of God of the Lord by seeing and understanding who he truly is by him washing regenerating our minds so that we no longer think of him as something manageable but we understand who he truly is what he truly requires and what he's truly done for us by seeing and believing and living based on the truth of his great worth there's nothing greater knowing that he deserves This is the last song we sang before. That he deserves the praise of every tongue, every tribe, every people. He deserves all glory and honor and praise. By seeing him for who he is. Now, Now how does this happen? How do we behold the glory of the Lord in such a way that our mind is renewed? And again, the spirit has to work. The spirit has to work. First, the spirit must work from our insides. He must work on our hearts and our minds. He must continually soften them, prepare them to see and to receive and to believe the truth of God's word. Paul encourages the Corinthians with the fact that the spirit is at work on their insides. 2 Corinthians 4.16, he says this, though our outer self is wasting away, and I can attest to that fact, our outer self is wasting away, Our inner self is being renewed day by day. I wish I could attest to that with as much passion. The Spirit is renewing us from the inside out. But He's also working from the outside in. He does this by exposing our unveiled minds, our unveiled eyes, to the glorious truth of who God is. He leads us to hear and understand the Gospel. To read the Bible, not as an educational exercise but to see God's glory, to study God-exalting truths in sermons and books by great men and women of God. Again, not as an educational exercise, but to see God's glory. He allows us to meditate, to think about, to behold the glory of the Lord. The Spirit works by renewing us internally, by changing our minds about so many things. And He uses these external sources, primarily his word, but oftentimes others. 
teaching us his word in books, in sermons, in conversations, in small groups. It's the Spirit's work to renew our mind. So again, what's our part? Why is it part of our mission statement? What's our part as individuals in our own lives? How can we help? How can we help our minds to be renewed? And what's our part as a church? If it's our mission to, to renew lives, to be involved in renewing lives of others. I just want to give you three words of application in this. And this is really the heart of the matter for us. First, the first word is pray. And when I say pray, I mean we, we really pray. We, we know it's his work. Remember one of our values at, at Bridges, if you were here for, or you've read, or you have a bulletin cover, dependence. I hate when I do that. Dependence on, the, help me out, dependence on the Lord through prayer. Is that how it's written? Dependence on prayer. When we talked about it, though, we understood that when we depend on prayer, that's really depending on the Lord. Our dependence is on the Lord, and we have to understand that we come into God's presence calling upon him to fill us with his Holy Spirit. If it's the work of the Holy Spirit, and we want to be renewed, we better be filled with the Holy Spirit to release the work of the Spirit in our lives and in the lives of others, to pray, to pray that our eyes will be open, our hearts will be softened to the work of the Spirit that our eyes can see, our heart can understand, our minds can comprehend the glory of the Lord. This is becoming my, my continual prayer for myself and for the church, that we would see God's glory and with unveiled faces and that he would transform us. So first, we have to pray. First, and I would say foremost, we have to pray. Second, we have to pursue. We must pursue. That's the second word. We join the Holy Spirit in his work. We pursue the glorious truths of who God is. We pursue it in our own lives, and we pursue it as a church. We study and meditate on his word. We listen to sermons. We read books by men and women who focus on who God is, who focus on what God's doing, who focus on what God's done in their lives and what God continues to do in the world we so second we pursue we pursue God's glory we pursue learning and knowing and and saturating ourselves with the glory of the Lord and third we we present we present the glorious truth of who God is this is really the the mission part of it this certainly means that that we focus on preaching and teaching the truth of God's word in every aspect of our ministry we focus on revealing, showing forth the greatness of God in everything we do, in our Sunday morning service, in our Sunday school classes, in our home groups, in our men's and women's groups. We want to focus on renewing our minds through presenting the truth of God's word for God's glory. In many ways, our, our ministry to one another is to help in the process of renewing our lives together to proclaim the truth of God's glory to one another, to share, to present what God is teaching us about himself from his word, to testify as to how God is working in our lives. Just this past Thursday, I experienced some renewal of my mind at my home group as, we studied through the, as we're studying through the book of Acts. 
We're looking at Acts chapter 4 where Peter's filled with the Holy Spirit, interestingly enough, preached the glorious truth of who Jesus Christ is. You know, he, he heals the guy, silver and gold have I none, but what I have I give to you, and he heals this guy, crowd gathers, preaches who Jesus is. And we began to examine our hearts and realized that, that we needed this greater filling of the Holy Spirit. Others in the group testified to times when the Spirit had filled them. We talked about the fact that the Spirit fills us for a mission to accomplish something. Others testified about that. That led me to rethink really my view of the, of the Spirit's power in my own life. In that moment, I saw the glory of God and His desire to work in and through me through the power of His Spirit. And my mind was renewed and I was changed. And that's just one little example of what can happen as a church as we seek to, to meet together and share the truth of who God is in our lives and how He's changed and transformed us. So in the church, we pray, we pursue, and we present all for the glory of God. But it doesn't stop at the doors of the church. Our mission includes taking God's glorious, mind-renewing truth to the world. First, we have to live the truth, praying for it and pursuing it, and then we have to present it. Our words and our lives have to reflect the fact that God is God glorious, that God is our greatest treasure, that God is the most important thing in our lives. Really, we want to demonstrate to the world the renewal that God has accomplished in our lives. God works in us, and then we demonstrate what he's done for us to the world. Notice that Paul says the result of a renewed mind, what the result of a renewed mind is. 12 at the end of verse 2. That by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. One whose mind has been renewed will, will both know and do the will of God. To relate this to last week's message, he or she will be salt and light in their world. They'll know the places God has them to be salt. They'll know where God wants them to be that light. And that really leads us to our, our final point this morning. This point's really short, so we're almost done. As we've looked at the renewal that takes place in salvation through sanctification, in both cases, we've recognized, and I want us to remember this, that the primary role for this is God's. The primary role for renewal is God's. But we've also seen that those who've been renewed now have a part to play in the renewal of the lives of others. It's clear that with great renewal comes great responsibility. Anybody get that? Okay. Little Spider-Man. Spider-Man just came out, right, with great power, with great renewal. It's the same, same thing. Renewal brings that power. But now we have a responsibility. If you've been renewed in Christ... You have a responsibility. You can't shirk it. So that's our third point, renewed for service. And I just want to briefly reinforce the fact that our renewal is designed to have an impact on others. It doesn't just stop here. It can't because it's from, at the hands of God. It has to pour forth. 
that we are renewed at salvation and through sanctification, that we might serve the Lord. The apostle makes it very clear in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 through 9. Very familiar verses. For by grace you've been saved through faith, and it's not of your own doing. It's a gift of God, not as a result of works that no one can boast. Very clear. Probably the most concise set of verses on how we're saved. God saves you. He makes you a new creation. You're born again, not as a result of anything you've done, but by the grace of God, by the mercy of God, through faith. No service required. So when I say we're renewed for service, realize we're renewed for service. Service follows renewal. Service, works, are worthless before renewal. Renewal is a gift of God. But then, verse 10. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. As a result of our salvation, as a result of the new life in Christ, we become God's workmanship. We are created or recreated, renewed in Christ. We're made new creatures in Jesus. Why? What's the purpose of our renewal? For good works. And not just any good works, good works that God has prepared beforehand. God knows each and every one of us. He knows the gifts he's given us, the personality we have, the best way to use us. He knows that sometimes we need to step out and do things that aren't comfortable for us. And he's prepared works for us. Because we've been renewed and and we can accomplish these works, not because we're awesome, but because the awesome spirit of God now dwells within us. So so I'd just encourage us this week to ask yourself two questions. First, how am I allowing the Holy Spirit to renew my mind? What am I doing to come alongside the Spirit of God that my mind might be renewed? It's his work, but we're means. What am I watching and hearing and seeing that reinforces the glorious truth of who God truly is? What am I I taking in that's changing the way I'm thinking, the way I'm seeing the world and the way I'm seeing God, the way I'm seeing people around me? Am I seeing people through his eyes or through my eyes? What am I doing that's transforming my corrupt mind that I may have the mind of Christ? And second... How am I coming alongside the Holy Spirit to renew lives, the lives of others? What good works am I doing that demonstrate the glory of God? Am I praying for renewal? Am I pursuing and presenting the glorious truth of who God is to those in the church and those outside the church? That others might have their lives renewed by the power of the Holy Spirit. I would just encourage you to Ask those questions. How am I allowing the Spirit to renew my life, my mind? And how am I aiding others to have their lives renewed? Would you pray with me as we close? Father God, thank you for this day. Thank you for your word and the truth contained. And there's so much just awesome stuff, Father. Lord, I pray for myself. I pray for my brothers and sisters here that we would 
allow you to do your work in, in our hearts and minds, Lord, that we would allow the Holy Spirit to renew our minds, Lord, that we would come alongside him and walk with him and allow him to lead us to places and things and books and specifically your word, that our mind would be saturated with the glory of who you are. Father, open our minds to see your glory. Open our hearts to receive your glory, that we might be transformed, that we might be renewed on a daily basis. Father, and let us not hold on to that, but Lord, walk with us and help us to take that into our world, into this world, into the church as we encourage and help one another to have renewed lives and into the world, Father, as we, as we face those that are living without Christ. Lord, help us to be that salt and light, that demonstration of, of your glory in our world. So it's your, in your name we pray. Amen.